Welcome to this episode of Come Follow Me, A Disciple's Journey. Uh, we're going to discuss sections 47 and 48 in this episode. Section 47, uh, John Whitmer is called to be the church historian, basically, to keep a record. Um, Oliver Cowdery had been doing filling this role, um, and uh, he's been called to do something else. And so the Lord, there was a need for this, a record keeper. So the Lord calls John Whitmer. And the thing that I want to really touch on here is um, Joseph Smith said this. Here's another important item. If you assemble from time to time and proceed to discuss important questions and pass decisions upon the same and fail to note them down, by and by you will be driven to straits from which you will not be able to extricate yourselves because you may be in a situation not to bring your faith to bear of a sufficient perfection or power to obtain the desired information, or perhaps for neglecting to write these things when God has revealed them, not esteeming them of sufficient worth, the spirit may withdraw and God may be angry, and there is or was a vast knowledge of infinite importance which is now lost. What does that mean? Why did I want to say that? This relates to the the introduction uh, section or episode. I talked about Elder Scott's talk. Uh, and him teaching us, asking if there's more. Uh, but before you ask for more, you have to first record what the Lord gives you. Joseph Smith, uh, notoriously, I don't know if that's the right word, but famously, I don't know. He wrote down every single thing, every tri- every revelation, smaller. That's why we have sections that, you know, are to brothers or just, you know, sections 15 and 16 that are so similar. The name is the only thing that's different. Well, it was important because it came from God. Talk about a counterfeit. We talked about that in the last couple episodes. We talk about a counterfeit. What makes a counterfeit a counterfeit is the, is the source. Well, so if the real thing comes from the right source, that's what gives it, it value. And so we have to value whatever information the Lord gives us. Joseph, in this quote that I read just to kick off the, the episode here, what he's telling us is that if you don't write it down, you might forget it. And then when you need it, you might lack the faith to remember it. You might lack the faith to have the Holy Ghost deliver it to you again. Because when the storm starts raging, it's hard to remember that. Everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Famous boxers said that. You can go into a, a boxing match with a plan. Everyone can have this revelation. It feels good. You're like, I'll never forget this. But then once the, the lightning strikes, the thunder's cracking, and the the winds are blowing, the waves are all, and your life is crazy and hectic, and real life starts to happen, you're like, oh, man. Wouldn't it be great if you had the answer already that the Lord had given you? And I'm going to say this with some caution and hesitation, but I'm going to share my experience. It's been my experience that many times the Lord gives me knowledge and information, revelation, that I think is for the thing I'm going through right now, but it's really for the thing that I'm about to go through. And the times where I have failed to write that revelation down, I've probably gone through that trial and that storm longer than I needed to so that I could then remember and learn the thing that I should have already known. 
The Lord gives me the information and then he gives me the test. Now, it's not always like that. There are times where we just get things dropped on us in our life and mortality, that is absolutely, that does happen. But I'm telling you that it's been my experience that oftentimes the Lord gives the lesson before he gives the test. He's not unfair in that way. It may seem like we don't have the answer if we didn't cherish the answer, if we didn't write it down if we weren't receptive to it when he was trying to give it to us. So that's one of the dangers that Joseph talked about. The second danger that Joseph talked about is if we fail to write it down, the Lord may think, hmm, you don't value my word, so why should I trust you with more? So then it won't matter if we ask if there's more. Then when we are going through the next storm, he's going to be a little more hesitant to give us some answers because he doesn't want to give us more light and knowledge if we're not going to live up to it, if we're not going to cherish it, if we're not going to value it. He doesn't cast his pearls before swine. That may seem a little harsh, but that's the the truth of it. Against none none other, uh, I'm going to butcher it, so I will just flip to it. We're actually going to be studying this. Um, in the next little while, it's from section 59. And in nothing doth man offend God, or against none is his wrath kindled, save those who confess not his hand in all things and obey not his commandments. He doesn't like it when we're ungrateful and say and confess his hand in all things. When we receive revelation, for not cherishing and valuing those, those revelations, then that's not a great thing. He wants us to be grateful, and one of the best and most powerful ways we can show that gratitude and show that his word is important to us is by writing it down, preserving it. For other people, maybe. Maybe for future generations. But for us, for yourself. Side note, um, before we move on to section 48, there is a church historian called now. Um, Marlon K. Jensen was the church historian. Uh, he's in the 70s. I, mean, I, don't, I actually don't know if he still is, but he was. And he was, uh, and so there is a, still a calling whose job it is to record all the doings of, of the church and, and history. And so you think of like Moroni compiling a history of his people. Still, same thing is going on. It makes you kind of wonder like what they have recorded about, you know, world events um, and how the church just like, because I'm, I'm sure. There's all of that in there too. So that would be a pretty interesting thing to learn more about. Uh, unfortunately, I can't help you out there. All I know is that it's it is still a thing that we still do in the church. So uh, section 48, uh, the Lord tells the saints what to do in Ohio. Um, they wanted to know how long to stay and they're supposed to get some land but then share it and they are to purchase land and to build a city. And the so that's what they start doing. You may think, well, why would he tell them to do that when he knew that they would be moving? I don't know if I know the answer to that. I can think of some answers that include refining process. It includes learning to trust and obey his word. Um, it also made it easier for saints to come and to gather to Ohio so that when they did go, it was kind of this this hub central point where people, where there was land, 
that could be shared. Um, they didn't have to worry about uh, finding land, finding property, finding housing, really, as saints were coming uh, to the West. Um, but the one thing I wanted to point out in this section is how long will the saints stay in Ohio? That's, that's one of the questions. And the Lord says, it is necessary that you should remain for the present time. That's what he says in verse 1. And in verse 3, he says, And inasmuch as ye have not lands, let them buy for the present time. So he uses this word present time. Uh, the Lord uses time for us. He doesn't use time for him. He doesn't count time. The, the scriptures tell us that it's for the benefit of man that he uses any sort of time. Why? Because we're we're stuck in this in this timeline. We're stuck in a telestial sphere where time doesn't like there there is time and we have to we always want to know how how long do we need to wait how long how long do we need to endure this this suffering and persecution of things joseph asks this right in section 121 how long it's we are stuck in this time and so he does he uses time but one thing i've noticed as through my studies of the scripture and my own personal experience and revelations that i've received from the lord is when he uses time he likes to be vague <laughs> He's like, look, I'll use it for your benefit to know, so that you know that I am aware of your situation. He tells the Joseph Smith in section 121, a little while. What does that mean? Section 48, the present time. What does that mean? Not many days hence. The time is not far distant. Oh man, what does that mean? A month, a day, an hour, a decade, a century. He's he's usually pretty generic in the time and uh, phrases he uses. That is, I will say, until, and this again comes from my study of the scriptures, and my own personal experience. He's vague in his use of time phrases until The, the the time comes. Alma and his people needing to f- try to get out of where they were stuck uh, in Mosiah. The Lord told them then the night before he said, all right, time to go. Nephi, uh, the, the, in 3 Nephi chapter 1, the believers are, are, are going to be put, put to death if the signs of Christ's birth don't show up. Nephi goes out and prays with all of his might. What does the Lord say to him? On this night come I into the world. And then the sign comes. When it's time, when it is the time, in my life I have experienced the same whisperings of the Spirit, the same revelations. He's told me, hang on for a little while. Persevere just a little while. Relief is coming soon. Those are the kinds of things I get. But then there have been multiple occasions in my life when, as I've sought peace and relief, the Lord has said, all right, it's here. It's, it's coming now. And I can testify to you that in those times, and each and every single one of the times that I've received that response, within day or few days, short period of time, I was delivered from those trials. The Lord uses these vague phrases to keep us looking up, keep us looking up to him, 
Keep us looking for the light. He says, oh, you, I, I, you're seeking me, my help. That's what I want. I will give you some more oil for your lamp because you're seeking me. But you're going to still need that lamp to light your way. It's still going to be dark for a little while. But then when the, the time comes, he says, hey, you know what? You don't need any more oil for this storm. The day dawn is breaking. The time is now. And so my message to you from my experience, from my study of the scriptures, is that when you're asking to know how long you, you're going to live in Ohio, when you're asking how long you need to persevere something, write down what the Lord says to you. He will give you enough manna, sometimes just for the day, just like he did with manna. Sometimes it'll be enough for two days, so you don't have to collect it on the Sabbath. But as you pray for your daily bread, the Lord will give you just enough for that day. And when the time comes for the daylight to break, relief will come. Answers do come. The great deliverer, Jesus Christ, does come. And if that's not in this life, well, how much more glorious will the relief be when it does come? Because it will, and he will. Thank you for listening. Enjoy your study this week. I hope to study with you next week uh, as we continue through the Doctrine and Covenants. Thanks again, and best of luck.